With the help of the organisation Bring Them Home, our New York-based correspondent Bridget Leslie obtained another special interview with the cousin of a family member held hostage. Shani Siegel chats with Bridget Leslie about cousin Rimon Kishet and her husband Yagev Bushtev, who were taken hostage by Hamas on 7th of October this year. The family also releases one of the last voice messages sent to Rimon's mum before she was taken hostage. Mum, I love you. I love you so much. I'm sorry I'm not there for you. I love you. My name is Shani Segal. I live in Tel Aviv. My cousin, Rimon Kirsch, lived in Kibbutz Mirim until she was taken from our home. Rimon is 36. I am 35. And Neil, Rimon's younger sister, She's 35 as well. So when we grew up, we were like um, the three musketeers. Yeah, we were almost the same age and, and we just spent so much time together. And it's very difficult to, to think about it because at the end of the day, we all have lives and work and everything is hectic. And you want to meet family, but you don't have a lot of time. She spoke with her mom in the morning of her disappearance. On the morning of October 7th, we woke up at 6.30 in the morning uh, with the sounds of the sirens of incoming bombs. Um, so the first thing that we did was run into a shelter for me, for example, I'm in Tel Aviv. I don't have a safe room, so I go to the staircase of my building uh, and stand there with all the neighbors. And I I knew that the situation in the south is always worse than what we're experiencing here in Tel Aviv. And my family. Sadly enough, um, they've been living in the area for over 50 years and they got used to the sirens. Um, it's not something that somebody should get used to, but they were used to it. I was texting a mom and I told her that I'm not getting any responses. And she said, that she doesn't know what's happening because she sent her a very disturbing message and then she didn't respond anymore. Later on, when I spoke with her mom, uh, she told me the full story that Limon texted her that she hears terrorists outside her window. At seven in the morning, my cousin texted her mom. She didn't want to scare anyone else, so she, she just texted her. Um, and she said that she can hear firearms, um, that there are two terrorists outside of the window. At the beginning, she, she thought it was soldiers, uh, but then she realized that she hears Arabic and she sees them going line by line. 
Now, the houses in the kibbutz are building lines. So just imagine that you are seeing a terrorist uh, moving towards um, the other line or the next line, and there's nothing you can do with it. Um, she told us she's surrounded, um, and she just said, like, she see, hears explosions, she sees fire, uh, but she, her mom told her, just keep safe, um, lay down, and just and just hid. At 8.25 in the morning, um, she said that they're she said that they're hiding, they're lighting down, um, and then she kept on saying that they're shooting at them. Now, in that situation where her and her husband, Yagiv, are in a safe room and telling her mom that they're being shoot at, um, her mom sent her a message, said she loves her, and that she wants her to keep safe. And then she left her um, the last voice memo. And that was it. That was the last time that we heard from my cousin. Um, a few hours later, the army rain control in the Kibbut, and they found the house shattered with bullet holes and blood you can see signs of struggle and her and her husband you get um so it's been over two weeks and I, I can tell you about myself that I'm not sleeping I'm not eating um when I go to bed I I have a knife under my pillow because I'm scared that terrorists might come to my home. When I lock the doors, um, I, I touch it just to make sure that I've locked it and, and it should be safe. Um, I, Whenever I go anywhere, I share my location with my, with my brother, uh, just so in case somebody takes me, they would have my location. And I am in the in in the part of Israel that is relatively safer. And I can say that all of us are worried, sick, and we are devastated. And and I want to share something else with you. Ramon's parents, her father, is very sick. So for the past year and a half. You know, we've been dealing with um, his physical situation and, you know, his health. And we just, we, we need her back. The family's already going through a lot. And, and we need our sunshine back. My cousin and her husband are... You know, my cousin is 36. Yagev, her husband, is 34. Um, they grew up together like they were in the same school. They had the, the kind of they have the kind of love that 
all of us one. Um, they they kept in touch, but they you know they reignited their flame three years ago, and their house is the dream. When I say the dream, it's a house that is filled with love. Um, they adopt abandoned animals, so it's like a safe shelter for all the animals and no one wants. Um, they have a lot of music, they're both musicians, and the, the love of music, you know, brought them together. Uh, everything is green. My cousin has the best agriculture hen. I kill every plant that I have in my apartment, uh, but she, like everything is green. And, and when you think about the life in the kibbutz, and if you ask me, where would I want to raise my kids, my future kids, <laughs> is, is that, is a place where you have animals and you have a lot of music and everything is green around you. And on, on October 7th, the, the, the peacefulness and the beautiful life in the kibbutz were just shattered with unspeakable things that terrorists did. Her husband, Yegev, the same thing that they nurtured to help uh, people and animals. Um, her husband nurtures to help um, musical instruments. He takes, you know, broken guitars, broken violins, and just, he just picks them. Um, and he loves it, like he enjoys it so much to, to, make, to make sure that, that something that stopped making music will make music again. Uh, we're in close relations with their, you know, with his, with his parents and um, sister and brother. And the whole family are working together to try and bring them both back. They're young yeah, they're 34 and 36. And if you had asked me three weeks ago, I would tell you that we already, you know, whenever we spoke to them, we told them, okay, where well, are you having kids? What about kids? What about kids, you know? Um, and the one thing that we have in mind now is that we're so fortunate that they don't have kids because we don't know what the tale to their kids if they're there. <laughs>